Today's been really productive. I haven't gotten so much procrastination done ever. I'm Emma, and you're listening to the Socially Awkward Podcast. Today, I'm recording remotely with our producer and ex-homeschooler, John Teo. Hello. Thanks for having me on my own show. It's not as if I planned this. It just happened. Yeah, so anyway, today we're going to be talking about pandemic productivity. So it's going to be tips and tricks that we've picked up over the years as homeschoolers that you guys who are studying or working from home might be able to use or adapt to your current situations. How have you been coping and studying since you're at home a lot more now? Actually, not a huge amount has changed for me because... The kind of remote studying I do, I'm currently attending an online high school where it's all text-based learning, so I'm pretty much teaching myself most of the time. So for me, the change wasn't that drastic, but I know for a lot of my school friends, the change between the structure of school school and being at home was really, really difficult and still is because now they have to worry about finding motivation to like just get out of bed and get to work. So yeah, what about you? Like, when you were studying, what did you do? For me, yeah, it was a lot of, as you said, it's online classes for me, and then I was doing a lot of self-study. But for me, I think finding motivation was not that difficult. And now, like, you're in NS, so the motivation is done for you, in a sense. Like, you kind of got to do. I don't have to study anymore. (laughs) I I mean, but of course, there there are other things. Like, studies is just part of it Mm. it's a different stage of life so it's not to say as if oh it's like all nice and easy now it's it's not there's like other things that still Mm -hmm. need to that still need to go on like i said we're going to talk about some tips and tricks that we've picked up over the years but before we get into all of that we first want to note that everybody's got their own studying style and what works for us might not necessarily work for you so find what works for you this is just another outlet to explore so John, you want to tell us what we're going to talk about first? First, we can talk about the different ways that people learn. There are people who are auditory learners, visual learners, and kinesthetic learners. So the main difference for these three types of people is how they take in information and how they remember it most easily. So for me, I'm more of a visual and auditory learner, primarily for myself. What about you? I think it really depends on what I'm doing. Like... If I'm trying to, like recently I started because of the pandemic, um, I'm at home a lot more than I was before. So I have found myself with a lot more time to explore things that I didn't necessarily have the time to when I had outside activities. So um, I've been trying to learn music production and I think for this kind of thing, I'm more of a kinesthetic learner because if I have somebody just walk it through me, once that person leaves, I'm going to forget everything. So I need to, um, I need to, I'm a very like visual kinesthetic person, I think, because I will take notes to help me process whatever it is that's happening and I will need to apply it like right then and right there. So how how is it going? Like just being able to experiment and like do all these different things now that you've got the time to be at home. I think it's quite interesting because people assume that when you're homeschooling, you're at home all the time, but that isn't necessarily true because a lot of homeschoolers do meet up together for like extracurricular activities. 
And while I am at home more than I used to, I realized, okay, I really, if I choose to, I can manage my time really well. I can set aside an hour for music. I can set aside an hour to hang out with my family. And then I can do my work the entire day. And I can set aside time to exercise or whatever it is. And the pandemic has really forced me to be more intentional about organizing my time. But what about you? Like, how did you manage your schedule when you were homeschooling? For me, okay, what I used to do was that I would take all the work that I needed to do, I would put it into, like, a schedule for myself, and then I'll set deadlines. Like, I'll have, like, a long-term and a short-term goal kind of thing. So that long-term, it would be like, I want to finish this book or this level of math or English by maybe the end of June. Then after that, I'll set, like, short-term weekly goals. If I want to finish it by the end of June, how many chapters or how many questions do I have to do every day or every week in order to achieve my goal of finishing it in June. So I think that was one of the key things that helped me a lot. How did you prioritize what to do first? My subjects for that year will be of highest priority. Those subjects where I take an online class and I have to submit assignments every week, those would of course be of a higher priority than subjects that I'm studying by myself. Because I mean, I'm, I'm taking the class, so I have to submit the, I have to do the assignments, I have to submit it online, and then the teacher has to grade it. If I don't submit it on time, then of course my grade will be affected. In terms of organizing it, what I like to do is that I'll put it on like a Google Doc. Now I use Evernote. So what I do is that I'll like list all my things down, and then after that, I can like rank them. So like number one is math, number two is economics, number three is bio, that kind of thing. Instead of having it all in my mind and it feels very overwhelming sometimes when you like list it out, it looks a lot more manageable. It's easier for you to like check off. It gives you that sense of accomplishment. If the priority changes, I can always just like swap it around and then it's updated instantly. You were in public school for a little while, right? How do you feel the structure of public school affected the way that you homeschooled? So for me, after I took the PSLE, my parents said, oh, why don't we put you in a public secondary school just to try out and see what the experience is like. Now, of course, they didn't tell me that right at the start, but that was probably what they were thinking at the time when they did that. So I was in public school for half a year, so six months until the June school holidays. And then after that, I came back to homeschooling. Of course, there's a very rigid timetable that it sticks to. You have your different periods. I kind of subconsciously brought that division of periods back with me. What I would do is that my mom has these kitchen timers, like your square or circular ones, you just turn oh it. Oh my gosh, yes. Turn it for an hour, you just put it in front of you, and you just work on that subject for that period of time. And when it's up, if I finish within the time, then like, oh yes, nice, I get more time to rest. Then if I didn't finish it, I was like, okay, fine. I'll take a break, I'll come back to it later. Set another timer, try and finish it. It gives you a visual indication of your progress Okay, in the beginning, you really have to sort out what subjects and what topics take you more time to study. Because, like, for me, history and geography, I can go, I can read, like, two sections of geography in an hour, but I might only be able to read one section of biology in an hour. So, knowing what you need to do, and then knowing how fast you can go. The nice thing about homeschooling is that you can go at your own pace. I can just go really fast for my humanities and I can take, not my own sweet time, but I can take a longer time for sciences and mathematics, which is really helpful for me. <laughs> for me as well, I mean, more inclined towards humanities. That's my stronger area. So stuff like 
history, economics, literature. So these subjects I could, as you said, I could go a lot faster and then that leaves more time for the stuff that I'm slightly weaker at, like math. I had three SAT exams to take because for SAT 2, you need to take three subjects in total. So my mom wanted me to take another science because I did, uh, I, I took a bio. So she wanted me to do another science. So it was between chem or physics. And I was like, okay, physics has more math. So definitely not physics. That leaves me with chem. So then I did math too. And then I needed a third subject. So I was like, oh, I've got math. I've got chemistry. Do I really want to take on another subject I've never done before? So I was like, okay, fine. We'll do literature. In like slightly less than half a year, I had like intensive chemistry, intensive math tuition. For literature, I just like didn't do anything because all my time was dedicated to chemistry and math. So <laughs> day before the SAT exam, like I just did like one practice paper of lit. I was like, okay, I think we can do this. And I just went in and then in the end, my literature score was way better than my math and chemistry before I didn't spend any time on it. I think like people at home now are struggling to learn by themselves. So like the subjects that you had challenges with, like science and math, you were saying, right? What techniques did you use to study them better? Because there's a difference between just studying the material and studying smart is what I've discovered over the years. Definitely studying smart is very, very necessary. So everyone only has 24 hours. You want to maximize the time that you have. You don't want to waste it doing something that is not as effective. For me, what I did is that I used a lot of online videos, Khan Academy. Their math tutorials are actually really good. They have a lot of subjects actually, not just they math. Do. I think they've got biochem physics as well. Stuff for bio and history. If I just wanted to refresh my knowledge on those subjects, I would go to Crash Course, which is hosted by John Green, the one who wrote The Fault in Our Stars. It's pretty cool. Like He's an author and he teaches. It's not like a lecture. It's not like some guy writing a chalkboard, but it's actually both entertaining and informative. Some of the stuff that I created on myself is like mnemonics. So for chemistry, mm. I had to remember the different parts of the periodic table. So there are some elements mm. I needed to know. And so what I did is that I came up with mnemonics for myself to help me remember these elements better. So for like the alkali methods, the mnemonic I came up with was heavy lifting nachos, kill rambling, capsized fryers. I know it sounds crazy, but the crazier it is, the easier it is to remember. And then another one of my favorite ones is being magnetic causes serious backside radiation. So again, another, <laughs> another crazy mnemonic. It was really easy to remember because I just had these phrases in my head when I needed it in the exam. It was, I'm looking for this element. With the mnemonic, I can like visually place where it was. And it's, it's really very helpful. Like, all these are just mm. like memory tricks that you can use to help yourself. As much as it irks me to admit it, they really, really do help because now I remember that the four types of tissue are skeletal, epithelial, muscle, and nerve. And... The little songs that they'd have for finding the area of a circle. I'm studying geometry right now, especially. So I'll look it up and I'll be like, okay, wait, what is the area of a circle? Wait, I won't Google. I know this. <laughs> area of a circle is pi times three squared. <laughs> so in conclusion, while annoying, they do work because they are annoying. And of course, there's always the age old mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell that no student oh will ever gosh. forget nope nobody's it's all i remember from biology <laughs> <laughs> mitochondria is the powerhouse of a cell yeah that's going to take you through what's life, the answer kids. to life 
the universe. The mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell. Uh, no, it's 42. 42 is mitochondria. 42 is the mi- Oh my gosh. Dude. <laughs> I think I think we're on to something here. <laughs> Time for me to claim my Nobel Prize. I know that guy who found the meaning of life was really in the mitochondria. But anyway, back to the topic. The whole point of this episode is to help the people who aren't used to studying from home find ways to study more effectively. What are some of the things that helped you to study effectively apart from videos, reading a lot, and annoying songs that you found on YouTube? (laughs) The environment was very important. It's very tempting, like, now that you're at home, to probably just, oh, I'm gonna wake up at 9, gonna take my time, eat breakfast, and then gonna come back to bed and study. It's not very helpful sometimes because you lose that sense of discipline and routine. And that's what really is going to be keeping you going during this period of time. Find like a good spot to do your work. Make sure it's quiet, free from distractions. Just make it comfortable, but not like overly comfortable until like you slouch. Yeah, I do agree though. Environment and routine is very important because there are certain things that I do to just force myself to wake up because I can and I will fall asleep at my desk if I can. <laughs> if, like, I allow myself to, you best believe I'm going to fall asleep at my desk. Surprisingly, that has never happened to me. Like, I've never fallen asleep <gasps> while doing work. Seriously? Yeah, like, it's never happened to me before. That's insane. That's insane. I take desk naps at least two to three times a week. <laughs> Do I recommend it? No, but... But still, rest is important. It is Don't important. deprive yourself of rest. Don't wake up at yeah. like 2pm and then stay all the way up to like 4am to work. It's just not healthy. You've got to take care of yourself as well because you want to keep your immune system up. Once your immune system is weakened, then you're more susceptible to falling ill. And you don't want to fall ill now. Not during this, this period of time. This is the worst time to fall ill. <laughs> so definitely give yourself rest. Take breaks often. Reward yourself after you finish assignments find your carrot on the stick figure out what the carrot on your stick is you gotta motivate yourself give yourself like incentives you gotta pavlov yourself into studying you know you gotta dangle your own carrot now that's still something i struggle with because i'm a daydreamer i will sit at my desk for four hours and i will get one unit of work done which is not good and i will just sit at my desk and stone I will not do anything, but I will be sitting there and I will look like I'm working. For me, what I find helpful is when I feel myself falling asleep, get up from my desk, do a bunch of jumping jacks, get back to work. Because the physical activity will wake you up. And in the mornings, one thing that really helps to get me out of the sleepy frame of mind is to change out of my pajamas because while I do study a lot in my pajamas I find that I am more effective when I'm not in my pajamas does that stop me from working in my pajamas no but at least I know that I try not to rely on caffeine as much as I can but drinking something in the morning helps me because when I drink water or something I wake up and after brushing my teeth oh my gosh brushing my teeth wakes me up I don't know why but it wakes me up Because I think after I've brushed my teeth, I know, okay, yeah, I can't go back to sleep for at least the next two and a half hours. Otherwise, I just wasted that toothbrushing session. (laughs) I know some people who take morning showers. I think that probably helps as well. For me, like, I like to use cold water. Warm showers are very comfortable, but 
cold water is like where it actually wakes you up. Yeah, it shocks you awake. Days like this actually, it's really nice and snuggly today. I just want to put on my hoodie and take a nap. But no, here I am recording this episode with you. <laughs> Waking up is a struggle. I understand that struggle. John understands that struggle. Mm-hmm. But find things that wake you up. Maybe for you, it's eating. Maybe for you, it's working out. Maybe for you, it's putting on a different t-shirt. But find something that wakes you up and go to your designated workspace. It doesn't matter if it's a desk in your bedroom or a specific spot on the dining table, but find a spot where you work and try to only work in that area because, like for me at least, once I enter my study area, I know, okay, as much as I'd like to take a nap here, I've got to at least work for the next two hours. (laughs) And then I can think about taking a nap. So if you're tired, either take a nap bounce around, eat something. If you are working in a constant environment, it also builds up that habit. Your brain associates that place with studying. It will help you get into that frame of mind when you like get to that place. And I find that differentiating between your work and your play areas are very, very important because like, I'll bring up my laptop to my room, but I'll try not to study when I'm in my room. Or if I study, I study at a table rather than in my bed. Because if I try to study in my bed, I'm going to fall asleep. <laughs> if you are in a place where you ha- you can have a regular workspace, then honestly, good on you. If you're struggling to stay focused, what might or might not help you, it really depends on who you're friends with. But sometimes studying with friends on, I don't know, Google Hangouts or whatever, Whatever it is the kids these days use, it helps if you guys are studying the same or similar topics. Like, maybe he's studying geometry, but you're doing algebra too. Then, you know, study together because you can motivate each other. Like, yes, after these 30 questions, we can go and goof off for 10 minutes and then come back. Actually, they should make this app that has, like, those educational games that, like, help you learn subjects and you can call it Study Party or something like that. If Quizlet had a Skype function, it'd be that. (laughs) Yeah, speaking of which, Quizlet. Quizlet is actually a really good resource that I use. If you are studying the same curriculum as someone else has studied before, the chances of you finding a Quizlet for that is very, very high. Like, sometimes I'll just type in the chapter or, like, the name of that assignment and I'll find a whole Quizlet devoted to it like sometimes it's good because like if you're not sure of a question and you need the answers the answers are oftentimes in the quizlet but don't use quizlet to cheat don't use quizlet to cheat guys (laughs) (laughs) it's not advisable yeah use it to learn use it to refresh your memory like before you go into a test or whatever 10 minutes of quizlet okay you're just like quickly flipping through the flashcards it helps to get you in the frame of mind it gives you so many different ways to remember and learn like, you can do, like, matching. You can do, like, a traditional quiz. Uh, even, like, some game format. Really? I didn't know about the game one. Yeah, it took a bit too much time, so I didn't really use those much. I just used, like, the traditional matching uh, quiz. So there are so many online resources that you can use to help you study. There's this study app that I use called... I think it's called Forest or something, where um you block out your time into 25-minute blocks. And the idea is that for 25 minutes, you study as hard as you can. You do as many things as you can in that 25 minutes. And then once the 25 minutes are over, you can take a break and you can do something else and then come back and work really hard for another 25 minutes. So that doesn't work for me for all subjects because 
it takes me longer to do some subjects like biology, especially biology and math. But for simpler subjects, for me, like economics, I can be like, okay, yes, I will write three paragraphs or something, just like brainstorming paragraphs so that my words are on a page for 25 minutes. And then after that, I'll come back and edit for another 25 minutes, vice versa, etc., etc. Vice versa, vice versa. I don't know how to, I don't know how to speak English. It's technically not English, it's Latin. And of course you would know that because you're a homeschooler who studied Latin, right? <laughs> no, I, I actually didn't study Latin, but I thought you would know that since you did classical conversations. I did have to study Latin, but like I know one Bible verse and that's it. I used to be obsessed with Latin names a bit because like when I was younger, I liked biology and science a lot. I thought I'll become a zoologist. I'll go and like, study animals or that kind of thing. So I was like really into like, the scientific names. And I'll go and like find out like, oh, how did they get this scientific name? It's like a combination of which and which Latin names. And then like smush it together and you get this name. That was just something I was really interested in when I was young. But then after that, I realized that, oh, biology is like such a drag. I know, right? <laughs> There's the nice biology. And then suddenly once it goes into cells, it's like, oh, no. I don't know what to do anymore. Because like, I'm actually considering studying zoology and animal sciences because I want to work in animal welfare. Oh my gosh, dude. I think I'm just going to end up taking a business or media course instead and then going to work as like, I don't know, off-site thing instead of an on-site thing because I was looking at NUS and they were like, yes, you must have strong biology and chemistry slash physics grades. And I was like, well, you see here. <laughs> so yeah, I don't, I don't know if that'll work out. We'll see where it goes. Finding ways to focus. What are some ways that you use to help yourself focus? For me, what I like to do is like I will put on music. That's a very common study aid. Just to like get yourself in the mood for studying and also just block out distracting noises. I think instrumental is the best, but for different people, it may be different. So just find music that you're comfortable with and it should help you study. If you're focusing on the music more, then maybe you should change the music. If it fails, there's always like lo-fi beats that you can always turn to. Every student's best friend. Lo-fi beats. <laughs> if your parents are cool with it, turn on the aircon. Because for some reason, studying in aircon is a lot more comfortable than studying in a hot environment like in Singapore. The heat gets to you, gets to your brain, you can't think properly. It makes you drowsy. Being in a cool environment helps you to think a lot better. You can focus a lot better as well. And not to mention like, you gotta close the door unless you're okay with like aircon escaping. Closing the door also gets rid of distractions. You don't have like your younger sibling coming in to ask you questions. Unless you happen to be studying with your younger sibling. Actually, one study tip that I've found works for me is teaching somebody else because when you are teaching somebody else or when you are forced to explain something to somebody else, then you have to really know your stuff. Otherwise... It's a little bit unfortunate for everybody involved. but <laughs> You can also test how much you know based on how well the person understands it, then you know. And the kinds of questions they might ask as well. It's a new perspective that you might not have thought about. If the person understands it fully, it means like, whoa, you really got this down. Like, Yeah, you got this. <laughs> you've learned it. You can explain it to someone. That person can like tell you how to work it out. For me, when I struggle with math, after like learning a new concept, I asked my sister, can I teach you this math concept? You were talking about the different kinds of learning, right? So for me to stay focused, I'll write notes to myself. I used to... Oh man, this was so bad. I used to take a Sharpie 
and write on my arm, stay focused, so that if I started zoning out, I'd look down at my arm and I'd be like, oh man, that bad, huh? So there was a period in life when I was just going around with like pen marks on my arm. And then now I write a sticky note and I put it on my laptop or wherever it is. I used to try putting sticky notes in like prominent places, like in the bathroom in front of my wall. I put them there at night. And then the next morning when I came back, it was like dropped off. So what I did was on my laptop, I'll put, if you're using Windows, which you should be using. Excuse me, we do not discriminate on this podcast. (laughs) So there's this little notes feature. So you can put like virtual sticky notes on your desktop. So I found those quite Mac has that too. So regardless of whether you're using Mac or PC, there's this feature, which is notes. You can use it to create virtual sticky notes. Look it up. There are also site-blocking websites. I don't have any to recommend personally, but I know that my friends use websites that will lock them out of like YouTube or Instagram or whatever it is for two hours, and they'll just study for the two hours, and then when it unlocks, they just can't get distracted by those blocked sites. Switching off your phone is... Everybody should switch off their phone more often. <laughs> that's that's very painful, but I can I can understand and see where you're coming from. Switch off your phone every once in a while. I know, like recently, I did this thing for Easter where I didn't use my phone for like twenty four hours, and I read so much. I don't think I'd read so much in a really long time. Was it like academic reading or like leisure reading? It was a bit of both, mostly leisure, but. I hadn't opened a book for fun in a really long time. When I had my phone, I was getting distracted by my phone, so I couldn't focus on what I was reading. To just wrap up, study tips-wise, set realistic goals for yourself. Discipline yourself to stick to those goals. Take breaks when you have to. And set a routine for yourself because humans thrive off of routine and we hate breaking out of our routine. And I know for many of you guys, it really sucks because your routine has been completely disrupted by COVID-19. But with what you can, try to create a new routine so that you can work better. At the end of the day, everybody studies differently. Everybody works differently. And we understand that it can be stressful. And especially with all the changes there's probably been a decline in productivity. But, you know, with intentional planning and regulation, I think that you can definitely still remain focused and you might even be able to find the time to do things that you've always wanted to do. Learning from home, it doesn't always have to be super boring and can be enjoyable if you figure out how to optimize your tasks, optimize your environment, and you gotta dangle your own carrot. Find out what the carrot is for you. And that's a wrap on today's episode of the Socially Awkward Podcast. We release new episodes every second Sunday of the month on both Spotify and YouTube. If you like today's episode, follow us on Spotify, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and follow us on Instagram at the.sociallyawkwardpodcast.